0: Hello and welcome to Cinema Spectator, show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film was *His Girl Friday*, directed by Howard Hawks, starring Rosalind Russell and Cary Grant. Uh, this time, it, w- it actually was Cary Grant. Um, my name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you? I'm well. I'm I'm feeling OCD this week. I'm kind of going nuts,
1: but uh, I'm good overall. <laughs> I uh I had one of those weird moments. I, for those of you who listen to the show, you know that Cameron and I play video games on top of being big geeks about films. um And if you guys are into trophy hunting or uh, getting platinums, you'll know that that is a, a OCD high. That just it it's like cocaine. I don't know what's happening. It's just it's. <laughs> but I I actually went crazy like this last week. It was like this last Saturday. Um I got the platinum for Spider-Miles Morales, Spider-Man Miles Morales. And I was like, man, that's so satisfying. Like, I just, it's 100%. It's done. I can delete it off my console. I never have to play it again. It's weird how, like, getting a platinum does that to you, right? And then I was like, you know what? There's a lot of games that are so close to I got three platinums in one day, dude. Like, I popped three in one day. (laughs) It's because I had so many that weren't done, and I just feel like this this release of stress. I'm like, you know, I had a couple games that were at, like, you know 98% done and yeah i just wasted like did you five get the hours. doom plat? <laughs> yeah, doom plat is done. Nice. Um and i got the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order one. So. Nice. Yeah, i'm feeling a little OCD. I'm feeling a little uh all gamed out. I I've been playing too much, so i think i got to take a little bit of a break cuz i have does, other things it, i need to do. It
0: does It does feel really good though when you when you get that when you pop that and you're like ah oh, man, like finally clear. Like um, like I did that with God of War recently cause I, I replayed it. Those Valkyries were just so, <laughs> so tough. Yeah. The, the Valkyrie queen, she, she whooped me. But, um, yeah, I've been, uh, extremely busy this week. I've had like so many things going on. I shot two weddings in Tahoe, drove back and came and did like an interview series for a Korean television show. And I was like, yeah this is today is my day off i'm like i need to (laughs) i need to not do anything today and last night luckily um we actually wrapped pretty early so um i was able to come back have a have a relaxing evening and watch this movie um which is just i mean it's a sight for sore eyes in a lot of ways so um yeah so um i don't know are are we uh are we ready to get into it i know you got to go early so don't want to spend too much time but
1: well yeah again this is Cinema Spectator usually we open with a bunch of nonsense but we do watch movies if you like the show you can support us at patreon.com slash productions throw a couple dollars our way get an exclusive commentary track also a bunch of other benefits reading your question on the air especially because none of our patrons write in so patrons write in write in questions Uh, and you can get a bunch of good stuff if you don't have some money that's all good we get it uh, you can give us a rating on iTunes or tell Friends and Family. That helps the show grow. Cameron, we are doing this
0: whole month on Howard Hawks, right? Yes. Yes, we are. Um, yeah, and like I said last time, Howard Hawks is a very interesting director because it is not very well known, but he's kind of a pioneer in a lot of ways. Um, someone who really... Um, <clears throat> he really took genres and transformed them into their fullest form. Um, and I think I think this is another great example of this. This is the last screwball comedy we'll watch this month, but um, we kind of got the progression since I made you watch uh, uh, It Happened One Night. We got the pr- progression from where it was. We got sort of peak, um, peak screwball comedy. And then this movie, in my opinion, is sort of screwball as it, it it's kind of in its latest phase. It's kind of branching into something different, um, and I think you still see all the all the trappings and all the um, you know the characteristics of a screwball comedy in this movie. But it really has a bit of a a deeper plot. It has more themes and elements going on that that's not just sort of zany and uh, and crazy like bringing up baby. So um, yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting movie to talk about in terms of its context within the, the screwball comedy genre. But in some ways I, I almost just want to talk about the movie more than the history, because I think the movie is um, very fun and very interesting. Um, Hawks in a lot of ways reminds me of sort of the early wilder phase. Um, And I think, I think this movie is a good example of, of where it has both the interesting, fun and, unique characters as well as the the sort of heart in in the the dramatic pull of the of the story Um, and I think I think this is very in the same vein that that Billy Wilder is and in fact the other movie that we were going to watch it's called Ball of Fire is actually written by Billy Wilder so it's in the same genre as that that one's a little bit more zany um, than this movie is but yeah um anyways what did you uh what did you think about this movie i i'm curious to hear your thoughts you know i i definitely come at
1: these older films with a more modern in impatience i think is probably the best way of putting it this is uh one of the the last few weeks you've been watching screwball comedies and i think maybe this one was just starting to like wear on me in terms of like it didn't catch me the same way that the last two did. Um we watched it happened one night and that film is just very straightforward and and kind of easy to follow. Um there's a roughness about it, but I felt like it was I don't know. Like there I, I felt like I was more convinced by the um chemistry between the two leads. And then we watched um that what was what's the one we watched last week Cameron bringing up baby bringing up baby which is very wild like it's just kind of absurdist in some ways ahead of its time and so that that drew me in this film feels more like an old movie and I don't know how how else to put it there are some interesting elements that I think are uh, that sort of transcend in terms of some cynical perspectives in the writing about maybe the way things work in the world when it comes to you know news and politics and things like that it it, it was there's an interesting um, underlying tone in all of it but i just it's just another movie about a um, more reporters i don't know what it is with these old movies and reporters i'm like man can they think of anything else to talk about besides being in the news business you know um the dialogue is really fast and kind of like it kind of began to just go over my head at a certain point, um, but I think towards the late, the later half of the film, I was, I was drawn in to see like what happened with sort of the the murder mystery that was going on, and and suddenly there's sort of a mystery element that's happening as the reporters are chasing that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really anything like terrible about this film. I don't think it's it's bad by any means. I just didn't feel as locked in as a modern viewer. The other ones had these little design quirks that pulled me in with interest and this one felt more run of the mill, but I enjoyed so, some of the um the, the the heavy-handed statements around politics and news reporting and you know, like you just don't see that kind of like aggression towards um, the, <laughs> the industry. There, in a lot of ways, actually, I feel like this movie f- has an offensiveness to it in a lot of different directions uh, mm-hmm. in terms of a modern eye. But I was like, it kind of fits in with Twitter culture in some way. Some of the, the, the backhanded comments and honestly, yeah. like the progressive um, presentation of some of the characters I, I like Hildy Johnson in the movie is like a strong feminine character, like extremely yes. powerful. And she like, she is insulted and, you know, sort of, you know, messed with by a lot of different characters in the film, but she holds her own, you know? And there's a, there's an inherent respect by all the, the rest of the cast. Um, even if they're being a little playfully aggressive with her in moments, right? She is, she is, a powerhouse in the movie. And I think that's very, very mock, like, it's just, it doesn't care in, in some way. It doesn't care about stepping over certain lines and then subverting expectations. And some of the, um, some of the, some of the underlying commentary, all that being said, it still feel, it just, it, it feels a lot older. And my, my, I guess my modern viewer was like, "I need, I need a something to latch on to, it, th- like to to engage me more." I just think bringing up baby was just crazy, and I was like, "This is yes. just yeah. wow! I did not expect this from an old film." And we've watched other films where I've just been blown away by um, how how ahead of their time they are. This one felt like a movie that would bring up a lot of conversation in the 40s i mean from the small comments about hitler starting another the war in europe there's all these yep. time specific comments uh in the in this movie that i think are maybe neat to kind of be like oh you know they're referencing that and they didn't know what was going to happen but um yeah it, it feels more dated than i think the last ones did
0: mm. yeah it, it is interesting i think um the well, part of the reason maybe it's more dated is because we we definitely watched a better version of Bringing Up Baby. Um, I I know there was a digital remaster in like twenty eleven or twenty thirteen or something um, of Bringing Up Baby, and I as far as I could tell, this movie has never really been re released, um, and the the Amazon Prime. They actually have two versions on Prime. One is from a TV broadcast that is just like trash. It's totally really bad. And it's the first one that comes up. Um, The second one... um, I think is also from a TV broadcast, but it's not as bad quality. Um, like it doesn't have like a bunch of jitters and, and like the, the audio doesn't cut out quite as bad. So, um, that's the one that I would go for personally. Uh, if, if you, if you get a chance to watch it, Uh, like I said, it's on Amazon prime. So, um, you know, but yeah, the, the it's, it's also interesting that you point out, um, The journalism thing, I I was, you know, we always talk about it like journalists like that was the subject. But uh, I think I think really what it is, is that it's a vehicle for presenting other stories. Right. Um, Journalism is an interesting profession in in some ways because it's, uh, you know, you're going out into the world. You're kind of uh, exploring these stories and kind of retelling. And and there's all of, of all of the the journalism movies that we've watched. There's only a couple that are about, quote unquote, journalism um, or about the newspaper business. Um, this one is sort of um, it, it It sort of is more in that in that camp. But you think about something like Ace in the Hole, where, you know, it's about uh, it's not really about journalism. It's about it's about sort of this man and the and the. You know, the corruption that happens in, in sort of in all of professional life. It's more universal than just than just journalism. Um, mm. And and this movie. uh, Yeah, I think I think you're you're right in that um, Hilde is the she's the the main character of the story. She really is the is the powerhouse, like you said, um, and the way that she carries herself and the way that he, he keeps calling her a man, um, you know, she's the best newspaper man I've got, you know, and, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, it, it, it's not, it's not quite subtle, but it's just, it's just interesting in, in the way that, um, they're playing with, with gender in a way that, that is so, um, almost like brazen and in your face, but not in a way that's, um, That's like. I don't know. It it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard. It feels like it's very honest. Um, Like this is how someone, you know, someone who is really good might be treated in in the workplace in in this way. Um, Whereas, you know, I think bringing up baby is much more um, crazy and and just deliberately odd. Uh, Nobody in that movie is is real. Nobody in that movie is um, has a has like they all have kernels of reality but they're they're not they're not like based on sort of real people that you might you might look at um this movie i think is different because it, it it does feel like you you might know people who are like this um obviously like there's a time barrier you know you're not gonna all of the trappings aren't gonna be the same but but you feel like there's, there's a way in which this could be a, a very straightforward movie. Um, if it wasn't for sort of the quippy dialogue and the quippy, um, acting sequences. And, and so that's, that's why I kind of think this is more leaning out of the, the screwball genre and back into sort of the, the main dramatic, um, thrust in this time. And obviously, you know, uh, this was the start of world war two um in in europe 1940 Uh, it was probably written in 1939 but um you know there there was there was a lot of change coming into the industry and there would be a lot of change in the next few years and um the screwball comedy did not survive the war um like many things didn't and so yeah the this is kind of one of the later entries into that um into that that subgenre before we get to neo-noir or sorry, before we get to noir and um and sort of the the crisis of the of the 50s in Hollywood. And so, yeah, for me, this is a movie that is that is trying to stay ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. And I think it does very successfully. Um, even if uh, it's it seems like it's not a very like. The sets in Bringing Up Baby were were kind of all over the place. There was a bunch of different sets. There was a bunch of different places that they went. In this, there's only three sets basically. Uh, there's a couple like minor minor sets, but it really all takes place in in three rooms. Um, and and that gives it kind of a play like quality, uh, right? Like it feels like a stage play. It feels a lot like um, like a comedy that you might see in a theater and. It's interesting that he he kind of starts with bringing up baby and then goes to this movie. Um, it, in some ways, you, you almost think that that might be flipped because this this movie is much more simple um, in terms of set and in terms of of sort of how everything is staged. Um, but really what what's so refined in it and probably what you see from sequences in bringing up baby, like the, like the jail sequence where, you know, they have, they've got so many different things going in and out. That's basically every scene in this movie is there's, there's the, the main characters are talking and there's things that are happening outside that are interacting with those main characters that are. And it's, it's like, it's, it's a big, um, it's a, like, everything's trying to get into the conversation between the two. Like every, every interaction is trying to, to sort of force them apart. And the interaction is continuing to happen at the same time. Um, and what I love about it is it's so well staged and well acted. It is like, it's a masterclass. I mean, there's, there's literally no one on earth right now who could probably do what these actors did. Even the, even the, um, The, like, secondary characters, like the other journalists who are kind of, um, you know, talking amongst themselves and sort of having chatter between each other, Um, like, there's, there's, like, think about anybody who could do that now i I, just, I can't i can't think of anybody who who's that skilled and that talented in timing and delivery that they can they can have these like full-on conversations around each other and across each other like it's it's really it's kind of nuts i don't know and i don't know any director who could direct like that um you know we i actually watched this movie with Brad um which maybe will be a spoiler for my um, rating that I'm going to give it. But um, I watched this movie with Brad and he was really impressed by, uh, by the acting. Um, and I, I, I was like, yeah, this is, this is something that is kind of lost nowadays. Um, the theatricality of, of the actors and the theatricality of the performances, you know, they're all locked off. They're all in sort of these long, unbroken couple minute takes and, um, and and that's you know it it, there's no like there's no like cutaways and cutting back and forth and whatnot um it all takes place you know in one shot and and it's it's really really impressive um
1: yeah it's not something that i necessarily picked up on until there are those scenes that really dial in on a individual actor like earl williams the murderer guy Mm -hmm. all the scenes with him he's like extremely conflicted in the moment. And he portrays that sense of like instability, but also compassion for his character in some way that I don't yeah. think a lot of people can nail, but you're right. I never, I didn't even consider how many conversations were going on. I just thought it was a bunch of people, like something about old mo- movies you are like, Oh, it's just a bunch of people riffing. But then now that you mention it, there is a long amount of, of dialogue in between those those characters that are sitting around playing poker and whatnot that all interweaves with the interaction of the main characters busting through the door or you know the sheriff or the or the mayor coming in and they're having conversations with him right yeah I think that that final newsroom in the prison area has a lot of impressive interaction between the entire cast um I think that that's the room that really, because there's the tension of the murder on the loose and all that, mm-hmm. it, it draws you in a lot more than than the rest of the film. I, I'd say, um, yeah, that that it, it, it's great. And I think there's a lot of you're right. The small characters on the side are super super well acted. I think um, that Joe Pettibone guy that keeps showing up with the letter is just so yeah. comical, <laughs> so funny, and his, and his uh, his dialogue back and forth with the mayor and his. His role at the end of the movie is just so um, lovable. I just think he's he's great every time he shows up, and um, even uh, Bruce, the I guess the the completion of the love triangle, right? Mm-hmm. He is just such a nice guy, and <laughs> just, he
0: just shafted the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's it's yeah.
1: really funny and um, very still grounded. He's not too note for being. Uh, kind of a supporting character. They all have a little bit of of um, roundness to them. I think. I think probably all the different um, uh, different news reporters. They they sort of fall into the nameless uh, sort of faces that keep popping in yeah. and out. Um, but yeah, overall, yeah, the the acting is great, and I think um, the 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 woman who acts uh, Hilde Johnson. Russell, right? Rosalind she ju- Russell. Yeah, yeah, she is just she's amazing in this movie, for sure.
0: Yeah, no, I I really agree. I think she she kills it and uh, unfortunately she really didn't do much after um after the 40s. Um she kind of fell off in a lot of ways. And I I think this is still considered her biggest role, although I I'm not too familiar with her. Um but yeah, I mean it, it's it's interesting. Um, the one, the other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of the, the sort of, uh, plot and the driver of the movie is, um, there's a lot of this movie centers around sort of him trying to, to distract her from, from, you know, getting married. And obviously that's very similar to, to bringing a baby. um, In that movie, it felt a lot more um, like hapless and childish um, from from Catherine Hepburn's character. You know, she kind of has this um, this uh, uh, she like feels dangerous, but also like a child, you know, like a child running with scissors, basically. Um, That that, like that's her character in this movie. It's much more manipulative um, on the on the part of of Grant's character. It's. It is much more deliberately I'm trying to to set them up so that they can't leave. And part of it is and why I think it it works and it isn't that uh, creepy, quote unquote, and and why I think it's it's kind of interesting how uh, how he navigates that is um, part of it is because of the the story obviously you know part of it is because he's he wants hildy to get back into the newspaper business as much as he wants to marry her again or sort of doesn't want to and in some ways it's kind of left up to interpretation of like he does he actually love her does he actually care about her and the part of the um Part of the name of this movie, I think probably gives you a little hint, but um, a girl Friday apparently is like a an, an errand woman. Um, she's like someone who uh, who would, you know, go go run errands for the I think for the newspaper business. And so, um, you know, this movie, his girl Friday is is implying that she's kind of just an errand boy. Um so I think that gives you a little bit of a key into into his character's um, mindset about Hildy. Um, well, and, and w- oh, go ahead. Y-
1: yeah, I mean, I think Walter Burns is he's he, he he is definitely sort of antagonistic in a way. You don't really like him; he's scummy, but he has that charm. And all the characters, including Bruce, comment how much they like him. But I think what makes him a little bit more. Uh, less like evil is the fact that hildy knows the whole time that he's up to no good right yeah and she's constantly a little bit of a step ahead of him and really giving it to him as well i think what what makes it i mean it is manipulative but at the end of the day she still knows he's up to no good right and she loves writing for the newspaper right like she has that desire for her outside of even what he can offer her you know um so it's it's definitely a um (laughs) you know as far as screw screwball comedies go like it is an extremely unhealthy relationship right (laughs) Um, they all are but yes (laughs) yeah and uh it's but it's all played up for comedy and and i think um there's complexity there's there's a lot of complexity in relationships that are uh just strange like this and i i think there's a realism to it i think we've all met couples that are strangely tied to each other somehow mm. in, in in their work or or in their passions right and um yeah it's just it's it's a weird pairing for sure um but yeah it really plays up to the the comedic factor
0: and, and this movie more than A lot of other screwballs has that inevitability aspect where, you know, at the at the same at 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 every point, um, you know, that they're going to get together at the end. But the intrigue is from, you know, how they get there. And I think with some other ones, you're. You're almost like you understand that the p- premise of these movies is they're going to get together at the end, e- despite everything. Um, but with something like bringing a baby, you're like, how and why? Like like that's there's there seems to be almost no match and they get drawn to each other um, just by um, haplessness. And in this movie, you see it right off the bat. You understand like this is this is going to happen, you know, and and you know why, you know. Kind of probably how it's going to happen, but the enjoy, you know, the enjoyability of this movie is that, you know, you you just kind of have to sit back and and watch things play out because it's fun. I mean, it's it's a really it's a really fun um, thing to see uh, them sort of fall in love and not really even they don't they don't fall in love. They just fall back in love with the newspaper business. With each other, (laughs) like there's no there's no love between them. There's no chemistry, and even at the end, obviously they make the joke. Um, spoiler alert for this, you know, (laughs) eighty year old movie or whatever. Um, they they uh they make the joke at the end, like, oh, we'll have our wedding moon in in Albany because we have a story there, you know, and it's like right, right. So it's like obviously it's starting over the the unhealthy cycle but in a way there's there's kind of a charm to that too there's like um you know you're you're not you're not fooled by the fact that they they are unhealthy for each other um but you kind of you're kind of rooting for it at the same time you're, you're kind of wanting them to to be together because they they just work so well as a as a pair even just on screen um yeah one of the interesting things about this movie too is um just how fast it is just how fast everyone is talking. Um, <clears throat> and did you, did you say that it, it was, it was like um, it pulled you out or it, it was, you know, like two, it went over your head or something.
1: Yeah. There, there are, there were definite scenes where I was like, I missed what he said. I, I actually yeah. had to like rewind in some moments. Cause I was like, I just, I, I can't understand what, what's happening when he stands up to go talk to the waiter, super quick. And then walks back. I'm like, what did he, what, who is he talking? Why is he talking to the waiter? Like what just happened here at this scene? You know? Um, And yeah, I mean like any scene with um, like Molly Malroy showing up um, that that it's like the girlfriend of the crazy guy. Uh, Oh yeah. yeah. She like, is just, you know, always screaming and emotional. Right. (laughs) But it's just like, turned up to 11 the bad audio she's talking so fast and all the newspaper men are being super mean to her back i'm like i'm missing all the insults so they're just going at it with each other you know yeah um it's i i just feel like maybe part of it because we've talked about whether this film's called talkies right where they're just they're speaking really quick is that what it is this is late
0: this is lighter than the talkie era Yeah, 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 yeah at this point this is just standard but yeah right
1: right 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 um yeah the dialogue is is lightning fast and it disconnected me more than engaged mm. me I think.
0: Yeah that's that's interesting because um it's one of for me it's one of the pluses of this movie um is just how um how fast it moves. You know you watch a lot of older movies and there's a certain amount of like there's a slog to some of it, you know, especially when they're talking um and and this movie even if you miss something, if you miss like one, you know, one or two lines or one or two jokes, um, th- they almost like don't don't let you catch up. Uh, and and that for me, that pulls me in more. Um, I can see how it could be alienating for some people, for sure. Um, I I definitely you know, it's not something that I've ever considered because um, it's 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 kind of the fun part of these movies uh, for me. But I can see how someone could could say, like, oh, well, like, I can't I just can't follow, you know, like it's it's too much for me. Um, But for me, I I love it because um, it's uh, it's so quick that it doesn't let you catch up on on what they just said until you're you're at the next line. And so you have to. Like it pulls you in in a way that like a thriller would in some ways, you know, like it it pulls you in where you're like, you're like, oh, like, wait, what? Like what's what's happening? Like what they just made like like four jokes in a row. Like I can't like it's, it's unbelievable. So like for me, that's that's part of the fun of these movies is like the the rapid speed of everything that happens is like is is insane and it and it keeps you it like takes your breath away in a lot of ways
1: yeah it's i mean one of the jokes that took me forever to get is that the newspaper men were writing different stories because they're just getting different information right which is a great gag it's really funny it's hilarious And and it's a good i mean like it's a very cynical joke right um i just i think what was difficult for me is that i began like when they first introduced that that bit right Mm -hmm. I began to think that I was missing the lines (laughs) instead of understanding the joke. You know, this is like a mechanical watching moment for me where one guy says the story is this. And then the next guy says the story is this. And I'm like, am I just not keeping up with what they're saying? Because that guy said something completely different, I think, (laughs) or did I miss it? Right. Like that, that's like, that was one of those, those bears. And then when it happened again, I was like, okay, I think I'm like at pace with following the dialogue. And, okay, now I understand that they're doing that on purpose. It's not just me mishearing them, right? Yeah. So, it, it, like, little moments like that where I almost felt removed from the comedy instead of immersed in it because the dialogue was, like, so, so quick. And, like, I, there's a part of me that's like, I well, it's better than it being slow because um, we can just kind of keep moving and get, get on with it, right? Uh, I just... I think that example that I listed is like one of of a few where it's like the dialogue. I was like, "Is that a joke?" You know, like I just it, it it's it's an old it's an older film, right? So,
0: yeah, um, yeah, no, it is it is interesting. But the, the part of what's funny about that sequence is that like everybody is so hapless. Um, you know, everybody has. Has you know no care in the world for what each other are saying, but they're all sa- they're all like saying different things. Um, and I think I think that comes through. Uh, for oh, me. it does. Like like it, even even if you don't if you don't exactly get what they're what they're writing, I think you get the the joke in in the way that everything is kind of just going crazy at the moment. Yeah. like there's yeah. just chaos. Um, and so yeah, so no, I I but I I do get what you mean. Like you're gonna miss parts of these jokes like there's no there's no question about it but that's in some ways it's on purpose too um because you like it's almost like he doesn't want you to to think too hard about these jokes he wants Mm -hmm. them to just keep moving so that you're you're engaged. And if you stop and sort of pull yourself out of the jokes, um, then they, then they leave you. Um, you know, there's no, there's no humor in thinking about the joke after it's, after it's passed. Um, and, and for me, like that's, that's deeply engaging. Um, I love the, the sort of quick rapid fire pace of that. Um, partially because you don't see anything like it. I mean, there's, 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 I can't think of a, of any other examples of movies that are like that sort of quick and, and don't let you think about the gags. Um, like maybe there there's like, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I just, I can't think of very many that uh, very many comedies that, that are so, um, so fast. They don't even let you think about the joke too hard. Um I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I,
0: yeah, I, I think most of
1: it has to do with the fact that there are already barriers for my attention, uh, in in this movie, the way it looked and sounded. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not, um, it doesn't feel modern at all. Right. And so, with the dated political comments or um mentions of different actors or actresses at that time um I already was like finding difficulty following it I I just I never I never felt like I laughed out loud in this movie do you know what I mean mm. it was more of like a huh, huh, like kind of response you know like just barely sort of it was like acknowledging the humor for what it was but it was never like i'm laughing in a timeless way that bringing up baby made me laugh right, even right. even it happened one night has a charm to it that i think this movie doesn't and maybe it's because this film is trying to tackle some more serious you know ideas or something like that i just i don't know it, it was it felt more akin to a drama than a comedy for me, but it just had quirky characters that you know had had yeah yeah it like it just had like a characters that were rounded out but comedic i mean honestly like it there there is a level of um writing in this that reminds me of witness for the prosecution. Where all the characters have like this lively humor to them, but they're amidst like some serious matter. And I think Witness for the Prosecution doesn't come out as a comedy. You know, it's just like there are comedic elements on top of the dramatic story. And this movie flips that, where it's like there's comedic elements on top of a dramatic story. And I think it works better the other way. And I know that that might be ignorant for me to say. But to have such heavy subject matter relieved by comedy versus comedy relieved by heavy subject matter is more like disorienting for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, to- I actually totally agree with you. Um, yeah, it it feels a little bit disjointed in some ways, um, even though the dramatic sequences and some of the, um, some of the um serious moments are are actually very affecting um you know i think the the sequence where sort of she you know she she leaves and um uh i i forget what she says what her like you know closing line is but she leaves and they all kind of stare at each other don't want to play poker yeah. anymore like yeah, it's a moment that breaks up the pace of the movie in a way that that i think is is very um is very unique for, for a movie in this time. Um, but then there are moments that, that really don't work for me that are, that kind of, um, leave me a little like weirded out about like when she jumps out of the window. Um, right. Like, I'm like this, this, this is weird. Like it's a weird, um, it's a weird pivot for this movie. And, um, I don't know that it adds anything either. Um, it's very odd it's like she she yeah I don't know because they're like
1: oh my gosh I was like did she just commit suicide and they're like she's alive I'm like what like
0: and then they're like (laughs) she she's dead no she's dead um yeah no and it just feels it feels very um I don't know not like it's it's not it's not bad it just feels like um out of place for a movie like this uh and and I, I so I, I totally agree with you and I, I get what you mean that there's, it's a much easier to do dramatic punctuated by comedy than the other way around. Um, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, But from why this, this movie is, is fun is because um, the comedy is so good and the, the, the you know the fast talking and the you know the the quick dialogue is is engaging enough for you to kind of um you know the the plot is really driven by an actual plot this time like there there really is something that's going on that is kind of um trying to be wrapped up at the end um and you don't see it until until sort of i don't know a third of the way into the movie, um, you you don't really see that that's going to be the the sort of thrust of the plot. Yeah. Um. But but in a way, I think it it that part of it, that element that that sort of they're being driven together by this outside force. Um, that works for me in terms of their love story and in terms of their, you know their, their trajectory as a as a screwball comedy couple. Um, that worked for me what doesn't work for me is the some of the serious um moments they just feel a a bit disjointed um and it's like there's it's trying to tackle some heavy subjects too at the same time you know like like capital punishment and um you know uh, and and what is what is funny that is a serious topic is just sort of the the how terrible journalists are and how, how sort of warped and distorted media can be. Um, and actually how, like it, it treats them very cynically about how they, like how much influence and power they have as well. Um, they, you know, this movie talks about how he, their, their goal in most of this movie is try to, is to try to get this murderer, um, off death row. <laughs> um, by, by, you know, basically running a, running a hit piece in the, in, you know, in the newspaper, um, against the, the, the sheriff or whatever. Um, and so like, there's, you know, there, there's some, that's, that's pretty serious, uh, of a topic to, to tackle. Um, and there's some cynicism in the way that it, that it sort of understands these things um and that works for me because these movies obviously being satire um these movies sort of are trying to riff off of off of real things um and are trying to sort of uh in this movie maybe more than any screwball comedy um trying to make uh trying to parody um you know serious topics trying to to make an actual statement in a lot of ways um and that's that's another trapping that we we don't get to see that much because we're not looking at um these specific screwball comedies but another part of what makes them um interesting in some ways is there's always or not always but there's typically it has a a thrust of sort of a poor or working class person um and a a rich person and sort of the the interplay between them two um and so there in, in a lot of these screwball comedies there is sort of that uh the, the, a political element in that regard working towards the plot as well so um we don't get to see that here but but there is a certain, there is a certain political uh, nature to this movie talking about sort of corporate journalism talking about the sort of um the disgusting way that that they distort what what actually is happening and um yeah so i think i think it's an interesting movie from that perspective um, but yeah um
1: there, yeah, it definitely has a lot to say. I think the the tone mix, mixing all together, like you were saying, with the suicide scene, and there's just a lot of what moments in in all of it. But there's also, like, that now that you – because you mentioned it, but that's my shot of the film. When Molly walks out after yelling at the journalists and they're quiet, they don't want to play poker anymore. That's, like, such a shocking moment. There's no more yeah. – it's silent. Right, and I love that. I think that there's these effective, shining scenes in in this movie that are worth experiencing. Right, even the reveal with um, Hilde turning and you know the the guy what, what's his name, the, the murdering guy, uh, Williams is there at the window with the gun. Right, mm-hmm. that scene is super serious. Yeah. Um and. Um, just effectively intense and all that. I it just it's a it's a mixed at the end of the day it's it's a mixed bag that left me feeling um uh, like just a little bit disjointed on top of the barriers of entry right as a modern viewer um it, it I like I'm just not on fire about this film I think it's it's got a lot of cool elements I think you're right about the acting. I for some reason just wasn't picking up on it as much besides the fact that I'm like, oh, these actors are good, they're great, you know. Um which is underselling it. I I think I agree with you. I think the acting is really well done. I don't have much else to say about the movie, Cameron. I I um as far as the screwball comedies go, I think this one is probably
0: my least favorite
1: out of the last three we watched. Mm-hmm. Bringing up baby, I just I think it's a wild ride. Everybody should see it.
0: Yeah, it's um, a little unfair because that movie this this is often considered his best um his best movie, which I I completely disagree with. Um I like I like Bringing Up Baby way better. I think it's I think it's a better movie all around. Um But this one is interesting to see him sort of go into a different um try to to step his, his toes in a different genre. So, um I think it'll be a good setup for for sort of where we're going next, which I actually haven't decided. So, um we'll look forward to uh to to where he goes. I think we'll probably watch a noir movie um uh, from him, but we'll we'll see. Um yeah, uh, for me um you know, I I Like I said, I watched this with Bradley and his reaction was kind of a key into my um, my thinking about whether or not to recommend this movie, because he was he was really enthusiastic about it. He thought it was um, he thought it was really funny. Um, He thought it was, you know, even even if it was fast and sort of um, too quick paced to to follow along all the time. He thought it was very uh, engaging. Um, and so, yeah, so for me, I could I could safely recommend this to, to, um, almost anybody or to casuals, um, just because it's so, um, it's, it's, it's not a hard movie to watch. I don't think, um, even if it's, you know, it's, maybe it's not one that, that everybody has to see, but, it's not one uh, like it's. It's an impressive movie to go back and look at, um, and say like, "Oh, wow!" Like they actually like that's what Brad said was like. Was like I didn't sometimes I I don't even think about how they like movies of that era, you know, and like how they would have done that. Um, and this movie was just a good example of of how of in some ways of how much like I don't know. Um about the you know the time period and the movies and the media of the time. Um and I think it's cool to go back and and see that. Uh I don't know. What what are your what are your thoughts?
1: I agree or I can see like where you're what what you're saying like for everyone because I don't think it's a super difficult movie to consume besides maybe the Mechanical aspects that I was talking about earlier, where it was like they're talking so fast that I'm not even getting the joke that I'm, that I'm thinking that I'm like not hearing it right or something like that. Uh, and I and I think that's on me as a viewer, right? So I think if you're a casual, this is easy for you. I can I can place it there. I think personally, I don't feel really a big desire to want to recommend this movie to most people, um, and it only comes from a place of seeing other screwball comedies that I would recommend first, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I guess if you're really into this, like if you're already exploring this genre, if you're... Also, the title I think is iconic, like His Girl Friday. I knew what that movie was. I had no idea what it was. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. So yeah. I mean, there there's that as well, right? Another one to notch on the belt uh, if if you're exploring it. But besides those reasons, I don't I don't really have a draw to recommend this movie. This is not a movie I'll talk about um if my like the podcast comes up. That's one of the things I always think about a lot actually. When I talk about how I've been reviewing films on this podcast, you know what's interesting is uh <laughs> some of the movies that I'll bring up get very int- like different reactions from older people as well (laughs) i find that uh, our podcast is really fun to talk about with people over the age of like 50 um and and that happens a lot with me at work you know i work for a church there's people that are older there and i'm like yeah you know i do a a movie podcast and i'm like oh you know like what you're talking about marvel movies or something i'm like no we watched uh a thing from another planet and they're like what the heck like i used to i i've seen that you know and so um, I find it really engaging to to hear what gets a response out of people. Um, and some of the big names, I'm surprised people haven't seen, but then they've they've heard of more obscure ones or, or things that, like, uh, what was that one? Uh, some Like It Hot, right? That's mm-hmm. a movie I can mention, and people say, oh, Marilyn Monroe, right? Yeah, everybody uh, like, knows that movie. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I've never seen it. Like, most people right, are like, I've right, never right. seen it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this movie kind of has the same stigma where it's like they'll say I've never seen it and I have a feeling that this is a movie that I've I've I'm you know I've seen it now but I'm going to forget about it pretty quick and there's yeah. other movies that we've watched before that have stuck with me in a very weird way you know uh one of the films I've been thinking about a lot Cameron and it's just fun to bring this up and this is off, you know, I think that kind of concludes my thoughts on the film and I hate to derail us here at the end. But the movie Playtime, which I was not super fond of, has definitely come back in weird ways as I, I was looking at like some photography and it reminded me of that yeah. movie, you know? And I'm like, it's very interesting, like which films sort of haunt you after you've it's, watched
0: It put a bug in your soul. I mean, it, yeah. It,
1: Totally. And I wasn't even super big on it besides the restaurant sequence that I thought was just amazing at the end. Yeah. And what's even weirder is I was thinking about the movie, and then there's this YouTuber named Dunky who put out like a full review of it. Now Dunky's <laughs> like it's so weird, like like yeah. like two days ago, right? And it's like a five-minute review of how he thinks it's one of the greatest movies ever. And I was thinking about the movie like the week before, too. I'm like, what the heck? Like, now this movie's coming up again in my life, right? Yeah. So I watch his review. He's talking about how much he loves it, right? And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, that's just one of the movies I got to see again. I don't know why. I got to watch it one more time. By the way, I watched Bringing Up Baby um, a second time with my mom. She really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I, I forgot to mention that. So... um. Yeah, it's interesting how some of these, yeah, I don't know, like there's just, a, as we're doing this experiment, you're showing me these different movies, they they come up over and over again. I'm trying to think of some other ones. I think about The Apartment a lot, mm-hmm. Um and <sighs> some of them I think about because of how much I hate them. <laughs> that, that's another thing. Yes, uh, yes. The piano is a one is a movie that is so forget forgettable. I, I hate that movie so much. <laughs> and yet I think about it.
0: All the time. Me too. That, that's so weird because it's one that, and that's why I wanted to show you it. It's so it's, insignificant. It's it, so it's insignificant. It's so bad, but it, it's one that I think about so oh, often. <laughs> I
1: I really think it has to do with like some sort of scarring. You know that scene where he's polishing the piano? Yeah. That's the scarring scene. Like it's, it's just, it's straight up like the kite runner moment where the guy's looking down the alleyway and his friend's getting it. You know, it's that <laughs> to my eyes, you know? It's just, it's horrendous. I can't. Yeah, I, 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 don't know. So
0: I don't want movies to stick with me in that way, right? Yeah. But you do uh, want, you do want a little bit of that playtime where, it like, like you don't think about it very much, and then it plants something in your brain, and then you, and then it just pops up every now and then. And you're like. Why am I thinking about playtime? Like I didn't even like that movie. And then it just keeps like infecting your brain until you're until you're like, "Man, I love playtime." You know what I mean? Like that's Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm going to come around to that one. That movie is definitely
1: like it feels like um mini- like miniature people, like those like weird models or whatever. Mm. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't know, I was watching, this is, oh, I'm completely derailing it. We gotta wrap this up. Um, <laughs> There was like, there's a camera feature that I was watching on this, the camera that does like vignetting on the sides because mm-hmm. it's trying to get like an ultra wide look, but it makes everything look miniature. I think it's a Panasonic camera. I was watching something about it. And they're like, yeah, you can make every city shot look like a miniature. And I was like that, I think that's probably what triggered it is I was watching, I was like, oh, it kind of looks like playtime. And I was like, oh no, now I'm thinking <laughs> about that movie again. <laughs> so um. Anyways, that's uh, he, neither here nor there. My brain is just all over the place. Um no, I yeah. get it.
0: Yeah. well, anyways, this I think this is an easily recommendable movie. Although I do like what you said, um you would recommend uh I would recommend bringing a baby to to anybody before this. Um yeah. sometimes, you know, if you wanted to watch this as a double feature, I think that would be a good double feature. Hmm. Um like you know it's fun it's it's enjoyable it'll be a good couple hours and you know knock those out um but this this isn't i think you're right that this isn't necessarily required viewing like um you know you can totally you you can watch it you can enjoy it i think it's totally accessible totally you know easy to find it's on amazon like i said um but you know it's a little more like you don't have to it's okay like it's yeah. a, it's a good movie it's a very good movie um but it's not one that in my opinion um transcends beyond um just being of a, a very fun comedy and a very good movie um well yeah. you know
1: cameron this i mean with this closing conversation about films resonating over time i think one of the flaws of our podcast is that we defi- we review them after viewing Within a week's time, right? Yes. So we'll watch them and maybe like the next day or two days or four days, right? We'll record the episode. And as I've watched more movies, like to to be able to marinate on them a little bit tends to bring out a different feeling or or perspective about the movies you watch. And so we're coming up on the year mark for our podcast. I don't know if we've passed it yet. I think we launched this last year and july i think yeah. or august what i'd like to do for an, the anniversary is kind of go through the list of 52 films that we've watched together right and have a, an extended conversation about this year or i mean this year sort of as an experiment with the podcast and 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 see if like this kind of looking back which one stuck with me because i'm almost positive we're going to read through that list and I'm barely going to remember anything <laughs> about some of these movies. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I, I was sitting here thinking about, cause we started watching French movies, right. And play time. We watched this one movie about a little kid that like runs away from home where he's just like completely, uh, bad to his parents or something like that. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah. That's, um, that <laughs> that's, uh, uh, oh, shoot. What is it called? Um, it's- that's Truffaut's <laughs> movie. Um,
1: uh, hold on. No, 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 it's okay. I just, um, like a movie like that, I've watched it and I barely, re- I remember like little things about it. It's just so weird. Like, like I, I would be so, um, interested to kind of go through the titles and sit there and like consider them and see which ones are blurs and which ones are oh, like Oh yeah, the 400 crystal- blows. Sorry. yeah I'd, I'd, I'd,
0: I had a blank moment.
1: Or which ones are like crystal clear and which ones are like just, completely forgotten you know yeah. what i mean yeah so yeah well i think that wraps it up cameron any closing thoughts about this
0: movie um care grant obviously very good um the, the rosalind russell it's too, too bad that she didn't do much else but I agree. Um, I agree she is hits it out of the park and i'm excited to see um more of hawks's movies in in sort of the um expose you to, to the different genres that he goes into. So Me
1: too. I'm ready to see something different besides the screwball comedy. I think yep. I'm all You're screwballed, screwballed out. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. <laughs> On the same wavelength there. Well, that wraps it up. We post every Monday. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to continue Howard Hawks Month. Cameron will let me know. Maybe I'll do like an Instagram post if you guys want to watch what we're watching next. Um, I th- Yeah, I got to go to work. I got to do stuff. Have a good day off, Cameron. Yeah, thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast executive produced by Darren O'Neill. If you want your name read in the credits of the show, you can check us out at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions to achieve this status. Thank you, Darren, for the support. And for the rest of you, we appreciate your support as well. Have a good one.